What is up, everyone? Welcome to this live episode of the Locked On Cavs podcast. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel, or your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to do an hour here live on YouTube tonight. Hit subscribe if you have not already. A lot going on in Cavs world. We're going to talk at the top of the show in the part of our the first half hour about Isaac Okoro. Uh, so, and him going to health and safety protocols, which is a bummer, but we'll we'll dive into all the implications of that. I want to thank you, though, for listening, and, and thank you, everyone, for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Evan, the big news we have to get into is Isaac Okoro entering the NBA's health and safety protocols. He is one of many, many players across the league today that is entering health and safety protocols. Yes, there's a lot. Players are in health and safety protocols. Great googly moogly. There's a lot. This is an ongoing issue across the sports. We'll talk about some of the COVID things, I think, later on. But with Okoro coming off per the best four games of the season, perhaps the best four game stretch of his entire NBA career. We don't know, obviously, I think how long he's going to be out. That's it's very unfair to speculate on that stuff. I think we don't know a ton of information as of right now. Uh, the Cavs have obviously had two players be in COVID protocols earlier season. Larry Markin and Kevin Love both missed. They both, I think, Markin was eight and Love was seven games like that. Um, yeah, so it was a decent chunk. It, it, this could, I mean, this could be something where Okora misses. You know, it, it would seem highly unlikely just on the surface that he would play this weekend. We'll see when he comes back, but like the timing He's of this, not gonna I have think a for LeBron f- level turnaround, I don't think. Well, I mean, like theoretically, could have like a negative test or whatever. Like whatever. Like there, we would guess that we would not see him this weekend. Probably not see him for part of next weekend. For him at this time, when he has played really well, is looking comfortable, and the team is playing really well, and he's obviously been a big part of that success. It's just like a bummer, but it's also just like the reality of of kind of the world we're living in. Like this was bound to happen again at some point. Unfortunately, it feels like. Yeah, it does, especially with Omicron just kind of moving in silence like like a like a g in lasagna but um it, it's certainly tough it makes me think a lot about the larry marketing situation for sure when larry went down with COVID, when he entered health and safety protocols and he was out for an extended period because larry needed that time to get familiar and comfortable with his teammates i think jared allen just said maybe two or three games ago that he's finally starting to feel comfortable sharing the floor with him which just kind of speaks volumes to how valuable that lost time was for him and the rest of his teammates to just kind of get acclimated with one another because for the foreseeable future, Larry Markin is a part of the plans going forward. And ditto for Okoro because there was going to be an adjustment from life after Colin Sexton when you put Okoro in the starting lineup, especially offensively. There's a huge dip. Okoro is starting to produce really well because he's looking better after that hamstring injury. So this is just a huge bummer. This is a huge momentum killer. And I have a lot of questions, um, a lot of concerns, especially with this weekend coming up. I know Milwaukee is kind of really hit over the head with health and safety protocol stuff too, but 
this is really unfortunate timing, especially for a Cavs team that's won five in a row and had a ton of good momentum going towards Milwaukee and then Atlanta as well on Sunday. But on an individual level, like I, I feel awful for Isaac. I hope he bounces back soon. Hopefully this doesn't impact his conditioning. Hopefully he doesn't have long-term lasting effects out of like a Miles Garrett or other athletes who have still struggled to breathe at times on the floor. Like Kevin Love said the biggest adjustment for him wasn't the physical aspect. It was rebuilding his lung capacity so that he wasn't gasping for air when playing extended bursts on the floor at times. Um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. I'm sure he'll be fine, but it's definitely tough. And like you said, it kind of feels inevitable that the Cavs are going to get hit by this again. Um, it's just unfortunate that it happened right now. Yeah, I, I, let's let's talk. To, I think just let's empathize with the Coro. I think specifically for this because if you're him, I mean, literally had one of the dunks of the season in the NBA, one of the best plays of the Cavs season when he dunked on three dudes has last night. He's looked so confident the last couple games. Sorry, like, I'm thinking about it again. I can't help no, but smile. It, it, I, I didn't. I'm not gonna like repeat the jokes, and I don't want to repeat the jokes that were made about about him being in close contact with three people after this announcement was made today. Um, I, but I did chuckle about them a little bit, if if I'm being being honest here. You, but you like, pretty much made the joke by explaining the joke to everybody. So I, look, that's that's what laugh did. track here, Chris, in post. That's right. Not doing that. But like, this is not only like interrupting a really good flow for him, right? But this is also like he's not going to get to play in his hometown on on Sunday because he's from obviously from Atlanta, like doesn't get that homecoming game. I it's just like on a human level, I just like I've been trying more and more to think about some of this stuff. Just like instead of like contracts and stuff, like I think that's just like a very I, I've gotten over thinking about that in that way. Like of these people as like assets and things. Like they're, I, I they're think, human beings, not assets. Right, yeah, and I think just thinking about Okoro is like, okay, this guy has finally looked comfortable. I thought like literally the dunk was like the exclamation point of that. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't get to play in his hometown because he's in health and safety protocols and like could be dealing with COVID. Like, cause again, we don't know. Like it is not, this isn't like transparent information about like if he has COVID, if it's just like a protocols thing, like we'll, I, we'll kind of find out because like what happened with like Kevin Love is that once he came back, he kind of was just like, yeah, I had actual COVID and like it sucked and we'll find mm-hmm. out what this is as we go along here. But this just I like it just sucks that for, for Isaac. But this is again like look at as you, you said, we you asked JB about this on, on Wednesday night. There's like a, just a ton of players in the league dealing with COVID. This is a problem yeah. league-wide. And it's not just like an NBA problem. This is obviously with the Browns, this is a massive NFL problem. This is an NHL problem, it's I learned like today. Cleveland is twenty players down. Yeah, like the Browns, not yeah, the Cavs, obviously. Yeah, the Cavs don't have 20 players in their roster. Um, and then you you look at like Premier League, you look at La Liga and over like this is a problem with every single major sports league in the world right now. It's a, it's a problem with college basketball, like where they they like it's just we're dealing with a different phase of this. And it maybe I don't know if it's going to go back to like what it was like circle March 2020, but like. <laughs> it's just like this is like not, in that, this is I would not like to fun. have a conversation about that. Um, just in general, well, I, don't, I don't know if I ha- like. Let's say I want to just end this segment on this. Do you? Ha- I don't. I don't feel like anyone actually likes talking about this, but it is just like the practical reality of us covering this team that we have to talk about it. And it's just like the hypotheticals yeah. of it just really bum me out in a way that like makes my stomach churn. You know what I mean? Oh it's just yeah, no. I thought you were going to ask me should the league go on hiatus for a little bit until things kind of simmer down and maybe until players are fully boosted. I would say yes. Maybe yeah, I kind of wonder if two week break yeah, through the yeah. holidays. Well, I would come almost, back after New not, Year's maybe after I'm okay. Yeah, no, financially they yeah, can't they're, do they're, that. Well, they're gonna they're gonna play on Christmas. Christmas 
Christmas is such yeah, a big deal Christmas for the NBA. Like, they're, they're playing on Christmas. And like the NBA bubble isn't tenable either because they was literally just the select few teams and then the losers stayed home. And that was still held together by um, rubber bands and like bubble gum at that point because Lou Williams went to a strip club and tested positive for COVID just for the chicken wings. So. Shout, out, shout out Jack Harlow. Shout out man. to Magic City. Oh, yeah, Jack Harlow too. So either way. Um, I think the league should shut down. I also think the Browns, like the NFL, should shut down for like a week just to kind of let this sounds awful and say run its course and then you move for hopefully move forward from this. But it's going to impact the health and longevity of this league and this team, these teams, because I hope the cynic in me isn't talking when I say players and teams are finding ways to circumvent this stuff. Like I know Antonio Brown is a good example of this this year. Um, well, Mr. not not a good example, a very a very bad example. Well, a bad a there. bad example, but a good example of players trying to skirt the rules and regulations. The Denver Broncos were an example of this last year. Their entire quarterbacks room put their took their trackers off and just put them on the floor and then huddled up and then they had no quarterbacks. They lost the Saints when they started Kendall Hinton. Uh, a wide receiver and they lost 31 to three against the saints and it was an absolute massacre. But I, I just, I don't know because financially the league can't afford it. And I don't want people saying like, well, we just have to learn how to live with it. No, we don't have to learn how to live with it. We need to learn how to put this away forever because it's still a pandemic. And I checked before the show, but 5.3 million people worldwide have died from this. And that kind of puts into perspective that, yeah, your entertainment might be put on hold for a week or two, and there might be some fans that are frothing at the mouth, pissed off because they bought tickets for a game, but get the fuck over it. These aren't people that are performing for entertainment. These are human beings who are competing for their lives, quite literally, out there. And I don't know, man. That's just, I, I'm so, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm just frustrated, I guess, just because it just seems like Adam Silver is just like seeing all these cases pop up, and he's just like, just turns back and looks at the TV money and keeps on keeping on. Yeah, it's things are in a tricky spot right now. Uh, I'll be curious to see how the league and other like every league around the world maybe do something different here. I I will be fascinated to watch that. I mean, after the break, we'll, let's talk about the basketball part of this because the Cavs will have to obviously adjust the rotation here and like that. Like considering how Okor's played and considering just kind of like his their, their lack of real wing depth, it is kind of a concern. Uh, but first, we got to tell everyone about our friends at. Prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. They have the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players on the recording of handful of minutes each game. Cavs fans, you've been hearing Evan and I tell you about prize picks for months. Why haven't you signed up? It is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you're missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and Knicks sports pickums. Look, there's Christmas Day games coming up, and they're going to be off the charts and even more fun if you play prize picks. So in, in Cleveland, you could take the the you know an over on, let's say, Nick Mullins, and then the 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 under on... Uh, Bronze third string quarterback, Evan. He's going to play quarterback because Case Keenum also tested positive for COVID. And the under, let's say, on Lowry Marketing. I don't know. You could do this. Ton of fun stuff. Go to prizepicks.com use the, or, or use their winning app on both the Apple Store and Google Play. Use the promo code NBA and download download the app. Use that promo code NBA. It's Price Picks made easy. You get 100% instant deposit measure to $100 with that promo code NBA. Okay. So, Evan, Cavs starting shooting guard out due to COVID. Don't know mm-hmm. how long he's going to be out. I think I when I was thinking with the knee injury. Yes, when I was 
thinking about well yeah obviously but like that's like i'm talking about new in terms of right now when i was thinking about what the Cavs' options are here. I think there are two options that would make the most sense to me on paper. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you're going to make it you and you're going to start, it would be Rubio or Jetty Osman. It's one of those two. Right? Like, I, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, Dylan Windler is a viable option here. I don't think, like, no. Denzel Valentine is a viable option. You no. can't throw another big on the floor. That's just, like, insane. Well, like I think it has to be okay, Evan. You cannot like if if it's a fourth big, it's they're not gonna if if they start Dean Wade, Larry Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, I will literally light my hand on fire. Okay, like that is an insane thing for them to do. The I will douse Hiram Boyd cut off. Yeah, I will torch my nubs. Okay, they're oh, they're gonna God, have, they it. have they have two options, and it's Rubio or it is Osman. I don't think there's another option. There will be a trickle down, and like Lamar could get some more minutes. Like the staggering is going to look different, but like I think it's Rubio or Osman if we're looking at who's going to start here. It's either that or they call up like Kyle Guy from the G League. I think they. But is he good? But but is he going to start? I don't think he's going to start. He could. The I don't. Cavs are that thin suddenly at shooting guard depth. Yeah, but but going from a guy playing in the G League to just like here's a rotation piece and calling him up would be such a crazy thing to try and integrate. If you're going to do that, you might as well just play the wing who like is on your roster and like Dylan Willard just to like do it because like you already have a guy that you don't know where you're going to get from him and Willard's well, at least bigger. Like, yeah, that, like I guess Wendler would make sense in theory. I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow night for the charge or not because um, they're too thin. They're, the they're, they're, they're yeah, they submitted their injury report. Well, yet. with, with the Okoro thing, the Cavs might be too thin to have him in the G league. Like we might be at the point where like, you got to kind of like worry about it a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dilemma for sure. Um, I think, honestly, Ricky would probably get the start because JB has found the best role for Jetty Osmond where they don't ask him to do too much and they say, okay, you are a shooter off the bench. You provide some rebounding and some tertiary playmaking at times, but primarily we want you to shoot three-pointers. I think it's going to be Garland, Rubio, Markinen, Mobley, Allen when they tip off Saturday in Milwaukee. I don't know if it's going to work necessarily, but it'll they'll try it. Um, I think maybe that'll be a new wrinkle to kind of get Drew Holiday's pressure off of Darius a little bit too because you need kind of that secondary playmaker and shot creator as well because who else are you going to get it from because Drew's probably going to clamp up Darius the entire game. But it's 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 tough, man, because I've actually thought about this a lot. Like who is going to start? Um, I think about the defensive matchups just because the Cavs are such a good defensive team. Like I look at... Sunday's game against Atlanta, uh, who's going to defend Trey Young to start the game? Are they going to put Darius on him and hope for well, the best? That, that's that's also Lari why, like, you, that, like, this is also just why, like, the Kyle Guy thing to me is, like, asinine. Because, like, Rubio is a guard, but he's, like, a big, bulky guard who, like, plays bigger than he is. I'm Kyle not saying Guy he is, starts, but you call up Kyle Guy as emergency depth. I never yeah, said Kyle Guy was going to yeah. start. Well, you kind of insinuated. That's the way you phrased it. So no, I was, I was giving my train of thought because I'm pretty sure Rubio would start in this scenario because I think that's a lineup JD's utilized before when both Isaac and Colin were out. If they're going to play anyone, I think, for the G League, it would be RJ Nemhard because he's 6'7". Like, yeah, if you want to play a small guard, just, has... just... Yeah, and you don't have a hardship exception at this point. Like, just play Kevin Pangos if you want to play another small guard. Like, if you want to do that, Kevin Pangos is, is, is just right there on your roster. RJ Nemhard would be the guy to me that if you're going to call up a Canton guy or a Cleveland guy, Freudian slip there. It's like San Diego. Like, I will never not say San Diego Chargers. They're just perpetually the San Diego Chargers to me. 
Like, yeah, no, that's fair. I am um, trying to think of uh, the Oakland. I catch myself because the Browns are playing the Raiders. I'm like, yeah, they're playing Oakland. No, they're playing Las yeah. Vegas now. Uh, yeah. Getting old, Chris. Getting I, old. I'm super old. But like, I tend to think that it has to be like, I, I, I am curious to see who I am curious to see if JB like runs this as like a trial period to see if there's any other wings he would like to get a look at because well, like, cause like, it's, I think he likes Lamar. I don't think it's pretty clear that he doesn't like thank say, Lamar for everything. We have somebody in the chat floating the idea of Lamar Stevens starting in Okoro's place because Lamar Stevens, it's Matt X Matt saying Lamar Stevens is so similar to Okoro. He's like budget Okoro. Um, he's like budget Okoro because like he said the second, the second unit needs Ricky Rubio, which I understand that thought process because JB has done a good job of deploying Osmond and Rubio or Osmond or sorry, Rubio and love together at the same time to kind of get one of those two going alongside Rubio. Cause Ricky kind of sparks that bench unit really well. Like I understand you don't want to rock the ship too much there, but excuse me, defensively it's a bit of a mess. Um, and offensively it's a huge mess. If you put Lamar Stevens, they're like, yeah, Lamar can play defense, but can he play defense for 36 to 40 minutes? Well, and he's not nearly as good of a defender. He's just not nearly on the level at Okoro. It's like he's not going to provide that same level. It's competent, but it is not like you're sure this is very, very good defense. I think it's like this is all just like very tricky. And I what I would expect on defense is something JB alluded to um, when I asked him about like learning and, and them developing and them him talk his kind of one of the through lines of him this year is like, okay, we have a scheme. And like I think certainly you see different advice and, and different kind of not advice but different scheme choices and different kinds of things as they are running through different lineups like i think you obviously just see different stuff depending on who's in the floor and whatnot mm-hmm. i think particularly if let's let let's let's just say like it is it is rubio that starts like i think you would see even more of the bigs just like immediately switching. It's like Allen and this is on Allen and Mobley. Like the other part of this is like assuming Evan Mobley is back this weekend, which I, I yeah, that's the other will. thing. We're- it's like, like take one piece away against a, against the Rockets team. You have problems. Take two pieces away. And things Do get you really have problems like, against the Rockets because the Rockets kind of no, but, down, I, gave well, up but I'm, I'm yeah, I'm saying it's like it's one thing to take away Mobley against, and obviously the Bucks won't have Giannis and things, but it's like to take away Mobley and then still have O'Corn out, and it's like okay, like with the structure, you can still do some of this. Marketing's mm-hmm. competing. Dean Wade is willing to at least hustle his butt off out there. Like there, there, there's just like some limits on like if you don't have all of the all of the people, which is which is a little bit um, cumbersome let's say so just a little bit to put the perspective of who is and isn't available tonight when the box play take on the pelicans Giannis is out due to health and safety protocols the nasa's denicumpo is out due to the right soleus strain Giannis's younger brother dante divincenzo is out due to health and safety brooke lopez is out due to back surgery west matthews is out due to health and safety Chris Middleton is probable due to a hyperextended left knee. Semi Ojale is out due to a right calf strain. And Bobby Portis is out due to health and safety protocols. So, like, those are some key pieces for Milwaukee who may not play on Saturday. A lot. And again, we don't know if there's any other calves. This, we're recording this again live on YouTube. Please hit subscribe if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're, we don't know if there's going to be like other Cleveland Cavaliers players that end up in the protocols. And I tweeted this like after the fact you and I both noticed this, that this was a change from the Monday's game to Wednesday's game. 
every member of Cleveland's coaching staff was wearing a mask at all times. The players when they're sitting on the bench were wearing a mask at all times. I think they're not going to institute social distancing because they're all vaccinated, but they are going to try and protect the players as much as possible in order to make sure that this doesn't kind of spread like wildfire across the whole roster. Yeah. Um, the through line of some of this is just strange. Again, like every team is dealing with this. It's not a Cavs only thing, but this is the Cavs little English. Okay. But after the break, um, let's mm-hmm. move on to something that isn't COVID because I'm sick of talking about COVID. I, I think everyone has been you talking about I'm it sick forever. Of, you know what I'm also sick of, Chris? What? Free trials that renew without my consent. Look at that transition. It's it's a business scam out to get you. Do not, and I mean do not let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill today to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, want, or simply just forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Did you know that Truebill has saved over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million? You should get in on this, so do not fall for subscription scams anymore and start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Evan, let's move on to some questions. I want to cleanse the palate. Let's Let's get some pickled ginger. Put it on the back of her mouth. Yeah. Maybe yeah, smell yeah, some yeah. coffee if you want to do like a candle palate cleansing thing. Yeah. So, um, looks like if you have any questions, now's a really good time to drop them. I'm trying to, I'm only seeing the one right now. And I know you had one earlier. So maybe I am just missing some and we're having a little glitch here. But Evan, do you have any, do you, do you have, do we have any questions in the chat that we can get to? Would you trade love for the right price from Mad X Matt? Or Matt yeah. X Mad. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. Yeah. I mean, like Kevin Love's look. beneficial to this team. He's a beneficial veteran leader for this team. Mm-hmm. But I think any player not named Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, or Jared Allen are available for the right price on this team. And you're lying to yourself to say, like, oh, Colin Sexton cannot be had or Isaac Okoro cannot be had. Yeah, they're both great players in their own right. But if the Cavs can use those players to consolidate them to maybe make an upgrade to support those key three players, I said, you absolutely do it. Yeah, look, here. here is just the the reality, I think, of to remember with trades. They are not 2K. They are not yeah. like, hey, here's Kevin Love. I'm going to insert him into this trade thing and send him and get him for a player X, player Y. Or like, I'm just going to like... I had one executive say that the NBA trade machine is a blessing and a curse because the hypotheticals that fans spit up on the fly like instantaneously are yeah. insane. They're they're crazy. Um I don't think they're like unuseful in like thinking about roster construction, but like I, I think people have to remember that teams are never gonna be as attached like because they have to. Because they have to decide to make improvements on the roster and do all these different things. Like you have to be in a position where you are not going to like be like beholden to these guys on your roster. You're going to make a point to like upgrade your roster. If you can. So like if the Cavs could find a deal that Kobe Altman and his, and his team and then the coaching staff with their input thinks makes them better. If they could trade Kevin love for something that they think makes them better 
in whatever way they want to define that, I think they would absolutely do it. I, I think I think mm-hmm. if I'm saying there's only three untouchable players on the roster, and you've named them, it is, it is in this order to me. Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, and Jared Allen. Those are the three most untradeable guys on the roster. I like In that order? Yeah. I think so. so. I could toss up Allen and Garland a little bit. Like if... I don't because I think what I think Allen has been awesome. I think arguably the best player in the Cavs this year. Garland is at this level and plays a position and plays a style that is getting him to the point where like you all like and he's the engine to everything the team is doing. Curry says he's nostalgic and wants to return. Okay, but like now you're now you're throwing out bonkers hypotheticals that are just like like that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm just saying. What if what if Joel Embiid's like I want to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Then you trade Jared Allen like that. But like if a superstar yeah, at well, that no, position, well, actually no, I wouldn't trade for Joel Embiid because Jared Allen's actually durable. So okay, now, now you're just saying crazy stuff, and you're third third time already. Let like, me let me take the Justin Rowan take. The Sixers should have traded Joel for Anthony Davis earlier on. There, there is there, the there is ben Simmons. There, uh, I was just finishing reading Yaron uh, Weitzman's book about the Sixers. And um, I, I just there's a nugget in there that I rem- I was reminded of today because it in relation to the Zion news because Zion surgeon is the one that worked on Embiid pre the draft. There's a really like Joel Embiid he worked out with the Cavs and was like hollering at David Griffin to have the Cavs draft him after he was like swishing buckets and killing in a workout and it was in Cleveland where like he had like they they found out he had a foot uh, stress fracture. Say so he failed his medical in Cleveland because I'm yeah. pretty sure the Cavs would ra- take it. He, he ran on a treadmill and they found it and he said it was uncomfortable and they found a stress fracture in his foot. Mm-hmm. That's but that's like one of those alternate worlds where it's like Joel Embiid could have become a Cav and then like I wonder what the trade looks like that summer or like ha- like it's just one of those like crazy like I don't what know, is man would you would you I have rolled out a lineup of Kyrie LeBron Joel as your big three. I mean, was, I just don't, but I mean, what we know about Joel at the time, it's like, what if he had played there? Or would LeBron have been comfortable with that? Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, LeBron would have pressured Joel back, and Joel probably would be. Or, or Joel, league. he would have been like, I want Kevin Love. Get me Kevin Love. I don't care about Joel Embiid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like all of these things we just don't know. I, 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 but I think like if, if the right trade to circle back to the question, if Kevin Love was involved, if like even like Rubio or Cor- like again, I think there's those three guys that are like right now locked into what they're doing here. Those are the three guys that I would identify as the key part of this core. Mobley obviously is a potential superstar. Garland is having an incredible year and is on his way to being, I think, an all-star caliber guard. Like those are the three guys to me. Um and I think everyone else, like if you found the right deal, like if, if like if they could, if they felt like they could get like Jalen Brown, let's just say, and I don't think like Boston is like there yet, it seems like, in terms of him being available. And it was like the Celtics were like, okay, we want X, Y, and Z, and Okoro is like the, the last thing on there. I think the the, the Cavs were like, yeah, we're going to get Jalen Brown. Like that's just how this works. Like they're never yeah. going to be tied. There oh, are we certain- should talk about that hypothetical trade. Well, the break. yeah, if someone asks us about it, I want to I want to make this a listener focused thing. Um, and Evan, I just so you know, I don't know if you I I didn't tag you in this. I wanted to see if I could genuinely surprise you, and I'm waiting for him to slide on. But we are going to have a special guest. What? We are going to have a special guest here on the pod. He just joined. Uh-oh. We're going to take a break and we're going to reveal the special guest after this. We'll be back. Second half oh, of Lockdown Cavs Live. It's fun times here. Live, live podcasting. You love to see it. We'll be right back. <laughs> 